Billy Visible THC Crystals. That's, that's Billy Crystals. Uh, huh. Mm-hmm. I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Rimtone. Hi, Rimtone. How are you? Pretty good. What have you been up to? I've been toning in the gym. Okay. Is the, <laughs> is the gym a room? No, inside of you, Jim. Ooh. <laughs> uh, uh. This is episode 353 of Video Games Hot Dog, the one where it uh, finally got weird. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Riff. Hi. How have you been? I've been all right. How are you? What have you been up to? Oh, um, uh, not much. Uh, spoiler, Riff is, is the only one not in the same room. For those who are, who are just joining from home. Yeah, for, for those of us who have started in on episode 353 of this podcast, <laughs> I am in a different state than those other guys. <laughs> Yeah. State of confusion, Yo. state of uh, terror, state of bowel discomfort. <laughs> uh, my bowels are fine at the moment. Yeah, well, well, we'll see about it in, in about 15 minutes. Yeah. We'll see if they stay oh, no. Way. What are you going to do? As soon as, the, as soon as the device kicks in. <laughs> the whole uh, Pacific Northwest is fucked. <laughs> um, well... Good story, Riff. Thanks. <laughs> what have you been up to, Jim? You know, Riff, he asks that question every week. <laughs> yeah, and it gets in. me by surprise every time somehow. Yeah, I know. I I know. <laughs> we know. It's almost as if you could like write down on a piece of paper. I like I was in I was in your position for like a year and then I started coming up with shit on purpose in advance. <laughs> and so I mean, we. What do you? Uh, what'd you come up with on purpose in advance? Uh, so I went to Target. Yeah, did you oh, see and uh, that's some sweet West of Loathing uh, game cards? cards? No, I did not. Oh, I was not in the game section. You should have gone to the Switch section. Yeah. Why go to Target and not go to the video game section? Yeah, that's why I, I looked at it, and then it was disappointing for some reason, and mm. we were in a hurry. Wow. Did you look at Legos? I think we. I mean, we passed the Legos, and they registered in my vision. In, mm. So, in that sense, I looked at them. So. I'm talking about this week. <laughs> so Target, oh, they have those round balls in front. You can jump on them. That's cool. Oh, the like their their version of the like don't drive your truck into our front door. Right. Things. Yeah. Yeah. But do try to sit on them and then fall on your face. Right. Because mm-hmm. they're round. Right. Uh, do a sick skateboard trick over top of them. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. So Target has uh, a basically it was just a table. And it was my most recent reminder that I'm an old person because it was a table of old things catering to my demographic. Mm. So Star Wars paraphernalia? I think there was some Star Wars in there, but it was like, have you seen the uh, like 80s movie t-shirts packaged in a like a, a box that looks like a double VHS tape box? No. Mm-mm. It's... A weird thing that people do. So the packaging is pure nostalgia. Uh huh. And inside of it is a t-shirt with a is a t-shirt with image like, yeah, like RoboCop. Okay, so and so the movie tie-in like it's a VHS tape with a movie. It's VHS got it's got the box. it's okay. the Rambo box. 
Because a t-shirt. I don't know what the shirt looks like. Wait, sorry, Fit. RoboCop box. I, I got those confused. So wait, so the Rambo box has RoboCop in yeah, it? It's, it's, it's so this weird. is like a secret Santa. That's yeah, right. Kind of thing. Does <laughs> the uh, does the image on the box is that just what's on the shirt or is there some I, other I, I assume that's the oh, case you, you I didn't like it it's, it's, oh, it's wow. shrink wrapped I didn't open it it's very meta like a product that who, who it, that is emblazoned with an image of its own packaging right yeah huh. yeah people pay for that shit and they also had a number of albums on vinyl and they had a number of albums on cassette which I thought was like who? Who the hell is nostalgic for cassette tapes? No, no. Now that's kind of a thing, or it's trying to be made into a thing, right? I've, I like. I feel like there is a wall of cassettes for sale at Thrill House, the like punk record mm. store that's down the street from my <laughs> Thrill House. Why? Like I, I could like if they were. So this was if it were packaged like a mixtape, <clears throat> like it was hand. The label was handwritten. Oh, okay, I could see that. Because, but like, you know what? I definitely... Can also be on mixed. Can make mixed tapes on CD. Yeah. No way. Spotify. Yeah. Or yeah. an <coughs> SD YouTube card, playlist. or Spotify oh, playlist, huh. or yeah, I guess a USB a USB key. Although I wouldn't stick a USB this key a into play- my computer. This is a playlist of forty thousand songs. I would not stick a USB key list a USB key on it that like had like drugs written on it. Into my computer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I did find that burned CD in a parking lot that just had drugs written on it, and then it was all songs about drugs. Yeah, there's a lot of Bob Marley. Uh, there was that "Then I Got High" song uh-huh. by uh, Afro Man. So it wasn't just na- dr- songs with drugs in the name. No, it was just songs about drugs. And so that they put a little bit more thought into it than just doing a search on that mixed CD is is like the thing that we are the saddest about losing when the truck got broken into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you, I bet you have the song list memorized. I don't. No. 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 A lot of it was hip-hop songs that I didn't care about. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Because they weren't in his demographic. They there weren't was, on yeah. the table in Target. There was a period of time where I was, uh, my alarm was the radio, uh, and they would, the station that I listened to would play the same song at the same time every day for oh, that's months. At super a time. Groundhog Day. Yeah, and uh, but the song that was playing was the song "Too High for the Grocery Store," which I've only ever heard in that context. I never sought it out, um, but it's just you know it's a song about going to the grocery store and being too stoned to be at the grocery store, and like. Maybe there's a line about how the cabbages were weird or something. <laughs> right, what you know. Slice of life. But yeah, yeah, write what you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else was on the nostalgia table? I think I pretty much covered it. There was there was the the Stranger Things soundtrack cassette tape. So they're okay. really wow, doubling like, down on yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I mean, synth pop just sounds warmer on a cassette. You know, Does when it, it like when it degrades over time, you don't want you don't ever want it to sound as good as it did the last time you listened to it. That's right. Why. Mm, I sure I do prefer every time I listen to a song for it to sound worse. Uh, when we were at uh, Wasteland Weekend, I had gotten a barely fun. I, I somehow managed to just accidentally luck into a barely functional. 
tape player. Oh, not, yeah. it, like it's, it doesn't not work at all and it doesn't work perfectly. Uh, it works in such a way that if, uh, especially on longer tapes, the closer you are to the end of the tape, the more inconsistent the speed of oh, the drive that is. Sounds great. It was <laughs> fucking incredible. Just listening to the Smiths best of two at essentially like a randomly wobbling speed wow. while in the wasteland. It was like, yep, this is pretty good. You couldn't really sing along because the pitch kept changing and you never knew how fast the next line was going to be. What or what to? pitch it would be. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's what, uh, you know, that like the pitch drop experiment where you yeah. keep slowing down a Smith's uh, <laughs> record yeah. uh, very Jesus. gradually <laughs> to see if people notice. Australia? <laughs> no. uh, what have you been up to, Kevin? Uh, I have not like gone and done anything interesting. I've been I've been watching some uh, TV. I have uh, I watched uh, I've been watching Silicon Valley. Mm. Uh, I'm on season two. It's it's okay. Is is it accurate? <sighs> yes, it's you know in the in the sort of exaggerated way that TV is accurate about things. Is there the guy that looks like Ian Bogost? Huh. Uh, to some approximation, yes. <laughs> Which one do you think looks like Ian? Uh, I, Ian I don't. I don't know the name, but Ian tweeted about how he needs to cut his hair so that people stop comparing him to so and so. I see. And then there was a photo, mm. and then I made a joke about loving Fez because he also looks Little like Phil, Phil Fish. Fish. I see. Okay. Wow. Huh. Um, okay. If you made a game called uh, Ian Bog. And then you could sell the uh, right. soundtrack. As Where's the this going? Ian Bog. Yeah. Original soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's like a Gone Home original uh-huh. soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. We've been playing a board game, too. Speaking of oh, uh, yeah. Speaking of Gone Home original soundtrack, uh, we started our campaign of Betrayal Legacy. Oh, yeah. nice. No spoilers. Uh, you are not going to enjoy... You uh, should not you do this cannot solo, play this man. game by yourself. Oh, no, yeah, I'm not. Be... We're, we're playing okay, it. Okay, we're okay. playing it at our... A uh, board game brunch, but we only hold that like once a month. So, and we're still in the mm. middle of a descent campaign. So, it's going to be a couple of months before we get to start it. Okay. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's very good. It's it's so like Betrayal at House on the Hill, but it's got legacy mechanics. Yeah, Yay. that sounds pretty good. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'm really, really looking forward to playing more of it. Uh, I, although I like Betrayal, I also like Betrayal. Yeah. Fundamentally, we. It, we got into some pretty boring mechanical loops uh, yes, we did. during each of these games, which is a thing that happens because that game is not balanced at all. Yeah. Right. Um, and also, we happen to just be rolling uh, the same two numbers in opposition over and over and over and over again. Yeah, which was a factor of like who ended up in what situation and our stats were like leveled out in a bad way. Yeah. Um, but story-wise... Very cool so yep. far. Yeah. It's the structure of it's pretty clever. Uh, I think it like, I think it fundamentally just keeps branching every, every, every game. Haunt. There's a, every game there's, yeah. Cause there's only one possible haunt for the first game. Yeah. Right. But then, yeah, I think we figured out that there were two different ways it could have gone. Yeah. You and start it, out with very, very few cards. Yeah. It's, which is, it's really, is it's great. a sh- super short game. Assuming that, it, you don't literally just roll the same numbers over and over. <laughs> it has um, it the only mechanical, well, not the only mechanical difference. There's an outdoors 
now. Yeah. So there's a fourth kind of oh, uh, a fourth kind of room and uh, certain event cards and certain item cards like item yeah. item and event cards also have areas that they can appear in and you so there's like events there's outdoor events there's indoor events there's, the, there's I mean, this is all just in the rules there's basement only you, events you can like sort of claim one card per game as sort of part of your lineage as it and then it works differently for you yeah. in all future games which is cool yeah uh, it's so neat. we're they, not spoiling anything that isn't in the rule book just, no yeah just I've, I've read the rule book so it's all okay. good okay do they have separate outdoor and indoor event decks no, no, it's just, it's just a uh, single pile. There's, there's some things that can happen in both, right? Yeah, like narratively. Yeah, yeah. like the 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 back the backs of the cards say on them like upstairs or basement. Oh, that's that's clever. They're yeah. just like the room tells. The cards yeah. work just like the room tells do. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. There's a lot of um, well, this this actually is spoiler. There's there's a bunch of things that that yeah evolve over time like individual yeah. event cards that evolve significantly over time it's yeah there, like, there's there's, a, there's one that's like just waiting for us when we go back it's real real good <laughs> um yep so yeah it's exciting I, I can definitely recommend it you have to like betrayal yeah if you I don't think, like betrayal to, to get into this but uh don't do it but yeah it, it's you, definitely seems like the sort of thing that like if what you want in a board game is for it to be really balanced and for winning to be super meaningful, that it's not yeah. necessarily for you. Yeah. The the thing that I like about this over regular betrayal is that, that like now there are actual like there's meta information that I as a player have and I can make decisions based on that information about what I want to do. Hmm. And so it, it, Unlike the original. Oh, so, so like, for example, if you know that if you have an heirloom that you know is an attic only card, you can head for the attic at the beginning of the game. Exactly. That's Mm. cool. Right. And so that's like that kind of stuff, I think, actually makes it more interesting. It also gets rid of the thing that we always found oh, annoying, yeah. the rooms where if you end your turn here, you get one of a stat once per game only, which just brings the game to a crashing halt while everyone runs to that room to end their turn there. there's There are things that are kind of like that, but they're very like opt-in risk-reward things. Yep. Uh, I've, I, so I've, I don't remember if this is a, a rule we've actually used, but when I played this game, we at least talked about the idea of like... A when, house rule or just a house rule. Yeah. Well, yeah. when, when you uncover this, just, just assume everybody ran to that room on their turn. Yeah. I think if I played betrayal again, I would just, once that's there, everyone that. go there, everyone get the stat. And then we start, it's the next guy's turn again. Yeah. 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 But good old, good old Rob Davio. Yep. Yeah. Strikes again with a legacy masterpiece. <laughs> is, is Rob Davio the designer of all of these? A lot of them. Yeah. He did Risk Legacy and Which was the first. I think he was one of the original designers of the original Betrayal as well. Hmm. Oh, huh. Uh, They didn't keep any of the Widow's Walk stuff in it. Like the expansion. Oh, right. I forgot there was that expansion to Betrayal. Yeah. Um, Which is, I mean, it's just a choice, right? I only ever played it once. So many haunts that we've not done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I played video games. I played with my cat. Yeah. My cat, Roxy, who's cool. Does Roxy like video games? Uh, yeah, she will sit on the rug at the foot of the TV and watch Spelunky happen. Nice. Yeah. 
So that's, I was the right person to have adopted her if she likes Oh, right, because you're playing Splunky on the TV now. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, with a controller. With Nick sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, I uh, we finally beat Yama in co-op. Nice. Uh, or together where you both actually survived. Yeah, where we both actually survived. There were several times where I died in the last level of hell, and he got through and beat Yama. Or killed Yama and then got killed on the way out of the level. That happened a bunch of times. But now we've finally done it. I think that I am excited to pitch to him the idea of coming up with some other goal. Eggplant? For a playthrough. Okay, eggplant. Yeah. yeah. That's a hard one. Yeah, I don't know about that. Why? Uh, it doesn't seem all that fun. For one person. <laughs> well, you know, but it... Uh, uh, or just like, no, like, let's finish the worm and the castle or whatever. Oh, I see. Like, right? do some like, of the side yeah, content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to actually see some of that stuff that I never really get to play. Okay. That's actually cool. Stopping me from doing it, I guess. But uh, let's get to the City of Gold and then quit. Just <laughs> unplug the PS4. That's... When I, when I played that game, I never found the worm or the castle to be particularly rewarding. Like, they... They're no. super dangerous, and you don't really get anything out of them. Yeah. You get variety. Yeah, variety is a thing. The shield is fun. That's true. The shield is powerful. But anyway. What else especially you... if your co-op partner is just shooting you with a shotgun all the time. Yeah. The shield makes it you so they're shooting themselves. Yeah. What, uh, what else have you been playing? Uh, I played a bunch of a game called... I don't remember the name Similand. of it. Similand. Similand? Mm-hmm. That's a... I think it's a bad name for a video game because I don't remember it. It's because every other name for a video game has been trademarked. Has been trademarked by Zenimax. Uh, Similand is like this pretty simple-ish god game where you have a, a pixel art tile environment uh, and a deck of cards that you're playing to do god game stuff to it. So you you probably hate it because you hate cards. Yeah, they're they're only barely cards. Um, and they're just like verbs you can do, like put a plant in, and what type of terrain you, you put it on determines what also, the plant Also, yeah, you is. also determine the location for the plant. Okay. Yeah, uh, or a tree. Uh, a tree and a plant are two different things in this. Or a mineral deposit. And uh, you basically, you, you can put down a human to begin with, and then they will kind of breed, but they are really bad about starving to death, no matter how much food they have. Um you, you have between, to develop like, for, eating technology. Yeah. yeah. Um, you have cards that can like inspect things and that's how they learned about new technologies. Well, you can like, you have to do a lightning strike for them to learn about fire. For instance, um, you have a card that can like sample some resources out of a thing. If rather than like waiting for them to mine a thing, if you want to, if you want to inspect uh, Flint to, make a knife to invent to discover knives you can use a sample card on a rock pile that you've created and then use an inspect card on the flint without having to wait for them to like because you can inspect stuff that they have like stored in their kind of dwarf fortress style storage unit they first invent the storage unit and then the and then the straw hut um place animals that are different depending on what uh what terrain is and it's not always the same right uh some there's one in the forest when you place an animal it either becomes a bear or a sheep and the bear will just start fucking killing people it's terrible you can eventually get people to invent guns at which point maybe they can kill a bear i don't know uh, they get evil for reasons that i don't entirely understand <laughs> hunger 
Yeah, they they have they wish for things, and if you deliver the things that they've wished for, which it's often I wish for it to rain, and so you can just make it rain out in the ocean somewhere, and that satisfies them, and then <laughs> you get more faith that you use to play your use to play your cards. Um, but it's it's like got some puzzly unlocky bits in it, and it's I don't know, it's pretty fun. I, I I've sunk a couple hours into it, and I'm really enjoying it. I I played a handful of extremely old games. Uh, I finally, this past weekend, got a five and a quarter inch drive working and extracted all of the data from all of the five and a quarter inch discs that I had. And some of them... It was still good? Yeah. Almost all of them. All the data was still on it. That's amazing. How old are they? 20. 25 to 28 years. Okay. And how do you know that the data is good and not just like, because I feel like it can be corrupted I, and still it, so readable. It can be corrupted bet, to look I like other are, data, but it knew, like every once in a while there would just be a disk with some bad sectors on it. It's so like one file was messed up. I bet up there are checksums. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found a bunch of, I had a lot of five and a quarter inch disks. I had forgotten about ordering a bunch of shareware discs in the mail where it was just a bunch of random shareware games <laughs> that came on on five and a quarter inch floppies and so i played i played some just like and they were weird like, like text-based like trivia dos box well, how are you playing, yeah, these playing DOS box, yeah. Okay. you can you can mount uh the the software that reads the discs just makes a like a dot image but whatever windows thinks a dot image is is not that it's actually just a seven zip and mm-hmm. so you have to install 7-Zip to, to get into it. But DOSBox is capable of mounting it. It's it's capable of mounting a, a, one of these disks images as a, as a 7-Zip, which is weird. It, but it's they take up their 360 kilobytes right. when they're un, like... Uncompressed. Well, yeah. But the, the image is always 360 kilobytes, even right. if it's a disk with one... Uh, kilobytes of stuff on it which that that doesn't make any fucking sense to me at all like is it seriously just 360 kilobytes of zeros yeah well it probably is that's gross i don't know i guess yeah i don't know why you would do that i mean i guess 360k is such a trivial amount of space that it just doesn't matter it's it's half of everything you'll ever need this is true (laughs) didn't you say something about uh many of your desks being corrupted with the Sunday virus? Uh, yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, Sunday virus and a lot of, um, was that a thing you didn't know about at the time? I think I knew about it at the time. I think okay. that, uh, it, the Sunday virus never actually worked. It had like a right? shitty payload or whatever. Yeah. It didn't, it just didn't deliver. Like it, it spread, but never executed. It was the, it was like the thing that was supposed to stop you from using your computer on Sundays. Sundays and there was yeah. like a message saying you should go outside because oh. it's Sunday, yeah. but it just didn't work. Um, it was like built by the national Jewish. Council they, or something. The guy only had six days to make this virus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> never got to test it. Um, or he was just outside the whole time on Sunday. It's true. It knows if you're outside. There's also a there's also a daylight detector on the what, disc, like that one Pokemon game. What like what a interesting virus, right? Like I want people to go outside, so I'm going to ru- you, ruin their computers if they don't just. Did leave. you see the the ransomware that demanded you one credit a, a Toho shooter before it would unlock your 
your machine. One credit a toe shooter. You have to shooter. get really good at a shmup, basically. I see. No. One the, credit clear is the term. Okay. Yeah. That wow, was a thing. That's, no. that's hard. Yeah. What's a Toho shooter exactly? Uh, it's uh, the, so the series is it's spelled T-O-U-H-O-U, I think. Is that the one where it's like naked uh, underage it's, it's girls definitely like brooms or definitely whatever? Like, like anime cheesecake tropes. Yeah, so yes. Okay. Um very uh very much like uh about uh, as much about the beauty of the bullet patterns as anything else as as it is for them to be fun to play. Okay. Um very difficult. So like that's basically basically means you you'll never unlock your computer. Okay. Unless they have like maybe they'll maybe they'll start like employing people at, at the Apple Genius Bar. <laughs> like just I was thinking maybe this is somebody who's really good at these games and was like hoping that they would then be hired as a consultant to come unlock people's computers right. by playing their favorite video games. And I played some more Fallout 76, played some more Hearthstone, and that there's a new expansion out, but I have not really played it. It's pretty good. Is it? Is there anything particularly interesting about it? Yeah, just new new Hearthstone cards. Nobody cares. Okay. It's like a new. <laughs> there's a new keyword overkill. Mm-hmm. Is that Which it? Which is an effect that triggers when you do more damage than your target has hit points. Um, Which I feel like is a lot of the time. Yeah. They uh, many cards with that keyword don't have a lot of health though, so it's not you don't get to you don't get a ton of uh, value out of them. Um, huh. I don't know. There's there's a bunch of mage cards that interact with your hero power in interesting ways. Um, you made a you made a deck that you said was really good. It was okay. Yeah, Justin uh, Bortnick had made a deck that was very similar to that, but that had some better choices. Man, I've been, hmm. I've been playing his deck, having some having some wins with it. Cool. You get. Uh, you know, they, they Hall of Fame Ragnaros, but then they just give you an ability to have Ragnaros on the board again. What is that? What it's a it's a card that if you if you're if you've done eight damage with your hero power this game, it just summons Ragnaros when you summon it. What? It's like a seven mana four four. So it's like valueless other than that. But you do that and uh you get you get your deck with Baku the Moon Eater in it, so you limit your deck to odd numbered cards and it makes your hero power do two damage. Yeah. And so you'll definitely have done eight by the time you get up to that seven mana. Pretty good. Huh. Good old Ragnaros. And you combine that with a Frost Lich Jaina Proudmoore and yeah. all your elementals get lifesteal and then you got a fucking Ragnaros with lifesteal. Oh my god. Hurling hurling big old That's old insane. Death fireballs and healing you for eight <laughs> every time. Man, oh man. That is insane. I don't know I don't know what this very slight accent is that I'm using to to talk about it, but hmm. it's just you know, it just feels good. It feels like home. It's a good, it's a good Hearthstone deck. Cool. I'll post. I'll post a, a link to your I'll, deck. I'll, I'll link, it's to Justin's deck. Oh right, but yeah. Um, but that's all. That's all I. That's all I played. What have you played, Kevin? Uh, so I also I, after after last week's uh, discussion, I I finally played Florence because mm. uh, I had downloaded that but not played it uh, when when you talked about it last week, Jim. Uh, and it was nice. It was yeah. it was it was like a little nice little lovely experience. Yeah. Um, little wistful. Lovely. Lovely is a good word for it. Wistful also. Um, but hopeful at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it has just been continuing to get a ton of like press and top game list 
sort of like it's the number one game on a bunch of like 2018 lists and i i enjoyed it and thought it was good but i'm i'm a little surprised yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't put it on a top list of 2018 yeah it it's unless it was top lovely wistful games well right like it, the 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 lists that it is the number one game on i feel like are a little bit more mainstream and i feel like there's a lot of pressure to show that games don't have to be all about like shooting people yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm I'm in favor of that message. Me too. Um, that might be something that Annapurna specifically is trying to push. Sure. Um, so maybe their maybe their influence is behind this a little bit. Yeah. Um, have I, they made no violent games? I don't know. I can't think of any off the top of my head. They they definitely seem to curate for the more interesting sort of games that do weird and cool things as yeah. opposed to violent shooter type things. Maybe um, the Epic storefront will curate only nonviolent games. Mm, yeah, because sure. only Epic's uh, the Unreal Engine is only used for nonviolent games. And yeah, stuff. like Unreal. Yeah, uh, I played. Uh, with a totally normal pro office calculator. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to play that. Um, now, now it's going to be spoiled for me. That's okay. No, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm just, it's just a totally I, I played normal... it and forgot to enjoy it. Oh, you did. <laughs> I, enjoyed, you know, I, I the enjoyed the first half of the uh, uh, equations that I solved. <laughs> but but uh, after that, it gets kind of dumb. This week, it was just a, you know, back when they had standalone devices that were just called calculators and you could push buttons and numbers would appear on the screen. Oh, yeah. It was solar powered. Huh. So there was no battery in there to run out. Was that on that table at uh, at Target? It would, no, that's, that would have been a good place for it. No, it was in um, my in-law's junk drawer. I just, they were looking for an adapter of some kind and I spotted that in there and yoinked it. Um, and then I spent the next like five minutes covering the solar panel <laughs> and watching the, the display dim out and then uncovering it and the display came back. And I tried putting in some numbers and covering the, the solar panel and the display dimmed out and then I undercovered my solar, the solar panel and the numbers came back. It remembered the numbers even though well, the display wasn't going. Huh. Right. Well, I feel like it unpowers the display before it unpowers the RAM. Yeah, right? That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I never found an interval that would actually remove the numbers from mm. the screen. I had to push the clear button to do that. <laughs> um, uh, riff. But just like I, I, I kept a clean calculator for the next person. I cleared the numbers. I don't think it's doing anybody any good to pretend that this thing is not what it is right. it's like a weird it's like a calculator with an easter egg that turns it into a weird puzzle which then it just is a sequence of it goes it goes apeshit it's a sequence of extremely annoying puzzles well that i don't like at all. i really enjoyed so, the first one but that that first one is a puzzle that i more or less implemented myself in kingdom of loathing as well sure so yes. <laughs> so I, uh, I kind of the target audience for that particular one did you not like the puzzle that was two a mishmash of two other types of interactions did you finish it 
Uh, yes, I, I did. Um, oh, uh, do you mean that when you can yes. open the two apps at the same time? Uh, yes. I thought that that was the what that was the thing in the second half of the thing that I thought was cool. That it was I, really I, I did I did like that. Yeah, um, I thought that I thought that was really worthwhile and interesting and and a cool sort of yeah. possibility space to explore. I, I think actually would, would a, you like to watch a video of somebody a refined a, a a a better made more refined version of just that into a single thing. I think would be mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Sure, but uh, I I got to the point where what I was expected to do was to just count the number of knots in a sentence. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like fuck fuck this guy like <laughs> this is a thing that you would joke about inflicting on a player but then not actually go through with like i don't trust anything else that this game is yeah to deliver to me and also i just don't want to just sit here fucking counting words like that's not it, it takes 30 seconds that's not not yeah. not not my idea of a good time I, I solved it just by by taking screenshots and then crossing out all the knots in pairs and that, but yeah, it, it goes on for way longer than it ought to. It not to. It not ought not to. <laughs> and then the yeah. the bit after that, which is the the first instance of the 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 actiony kind of stuff. <laughs> I thought uh-huh. I thought was 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 a pretty good joke and pretty interesting. Yeah, and then and then and then after that it started it started started to get kind of samey, and and the the one thing like the big mistake that they made that I felt was like if if you want if you want to guarantee that the lifespan of your game is about a week, the way you do that is to make a big thing out of. A flash in the pan political meme. Oh yeah! Wow, that's a good point. That was really weird. That was super dumb. <laughs> I was like, I was not sure. into that. But although the one throwaway joke that they had was kind of funny. Yeah. But I hope I hope that doesn't I hope that doesn't come back to bite us in the ass or whatever it was. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> uh, so th- this game is on Steam unfortunately and yeah which is kind of a giveaway literally just ruins the whole experience of it if you actually seek it out there if i had not steam has apps it does but it wasn't it didn't like it didn't do that if i had not gone there i would have just thrown the thing away because the the first thing that you have to do is so stupid that if i hadn't found like i noticed that something weird was happening right away and like yeah, I saw that. It seems like that, like the intention for that is, yeah, there's that you would have somebody would, some friend or, or somebody would, or, or a, the guy that runs the servers at your office would install <laughs> this calculator on everybody's machine. Right. And then just the act of using that calculator over the course of several days will eventually yeah. cause this to happen. That that would have been fun, right? Yeah. That would have been cool, except it's a bad calculator, right? Like sure. it's not, you can't do the one thing a computer calculator should be able to do, which is type a number and have it be equivalent to clicking that button. Sure. Right? So that's, I don't know. Yeah. If I had not seen that there was, if I had not like, 
you didn't realize that there was more to it, you would have given up on it. I mean, I knew there was more to it, but it was so obtuse that if I had not found the, there was just a spoiler guide posted on the Steam discussion, which is how I got all of the progress that I made. I see. Uh, Yeah. It's really, really hard. It's pretty hard. It's, it's definitely not friendly and inviting, but like, it's not a game for babies. Yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to imagine how, let's Jim, let's imagine like a situation where you were to put frog fractions on steam. Mm -hmm. Like what would that look like? Would you reveal that there's a bunch of shit going on or does it, it would look like glitter mitten grove, right? I, so, or not like, no, like the original, like if you, if, if Jim were to put the original, yeah, that's a, that's a question that I've thought about and I'm not sure how to handle it because if you actually advertise it as having features it doesn't have, yeah, like I think Steam might actually like Valve might as a company have a problem with that. It if if I charged money for it, I think it would count as fraud. Well, but what? So when you say like the feature being like teaches you about fractions, teaches your child the best way to teach your child fractions <laughs> is what it says on the. You on just the, have the to put. You just have to put best. In in scare quotes, quotes. and also maybe right. fractions, <laughs> right? And maybe way and children. <laughs> um, but if I were to do it now, I feel yeah. like Frog Fractions has enough of a reputation that people would be like, "Oh yeah, it's that weird game," right? And there's almost like. There's at some level, there's almost no point in hiding the game's identity. But then also, there probably are people like, like who have friends who haven't played this game, right? You know, so it's it's a tough it's a tough call. Yeah. Is it possible to have a thing that is cool and unfolds, but isn't just immediately ruined by the internet now? Because like this, this is your whole, this was your whole were talk, pretty right? like, good about not preserving frog fractions. Yeah, that's true. Um, Play I, this game until you understand why I'm recommending yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, like, if it's if your game is enough about the secret that people understand it on its face that that's what it is, then they they tend to be pretty good about not spoiling it. Like, I was introduced to Pro Office Calculator in the best possible way, which was just seeing somebody whose opinion I trust post a link and no other information. And I went to the site and the site, the the, the website for the game is just a totally normal office calculator. And I was like, okay, there's no way yeah. <laughs> that you would make this website. And this person would have recommended this unless there was something going on. And like, that was enough to like draw me in for quite a while. Yeah. I, I think the ideal would be, well, the ideal would be like for, the the administrator of an office to sure. install this as the official calculator for yeah, every yeah. user. But um, if you had a friend who just recommends like this is like the Windows calculator but slightly better that recommends that sort of app. I found this improvement on Notepad that edits text in a superior way, and they 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 post links like that all the time. That would be uh, the ideal way to uh, experience that. Sure. Why would you be friends with someone like that, though? <laughs> what if you really like slight improvements on default operating system functions? 
Who uh, who posted? Who? Andy Bear. Andy Bear. I see. There was just a a discussion on the XOXO Slack about games of the year, and Andy posted a link to this with no explanation or anything. I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> so, what have you been playing, Jim? Uh, I played. Um, so they updated Microsoft Wordament, which is a game I talked about uh, like a year and a half ago, maybe. And at the time, it was a game that was uh, sort of like a massively multiplayer boggle where everybody who's playing the game at this moment is dumped into the same boggle layout and you have a minute to find as many words as you can. And then uh, if you're me, you see your score and you're always in the bottom 10% of the leaderboards. Um, And you're a person who knows how to find words in a boggle board so oh, i've done I've, I've found some words in a boggle board so then <laughs> what what are these other 90 because like you're not a you're not a slouch what what it's are these other not, 90 i feel like doing? i'm not super i'm not bad at that either but people who are good at it are real fucking good at it yeah so is it when you say 90, bottom 90 percent? do you mean bottom 90 percent of players or bottom 90 percent of instances of having been played because so uh, there's well, no way that you are in the bottom 90 percent of 90 percent of players. like the, the people the people's performance on this board right now. That doesn't so make like, any sense. Of, like the 200 people or whatever who played. It's the only people who are playing it are people who are just I crazy fucking good at it. Oh, okay. I was like, I, like I sort of enjoyed it, but I was so demoralized by my terrible scores relative to everyone else that right. was being shown to them that it was like, huh. Like sometimes I would get to like 50%, 50th percentile. And I thought that was like a major win on my part. That, so, <sighs> People that are really good at this game are just pushing other people out by, by like making them feel bad about their performance. That's, <laughs> I, I, that's I think, depressing. Yeah, I think there's an element of that. So the they updated it to have a single player campaign, which is like it's incredibly like elaborate for what it is, but also paper thin. So they have like an overworld map that is it some sort of realm it's it's trying to be a realm but okay. failing oh no oh that's the worst uh where where there's like a windy path up the screen and uh you unlock levels in order as you go down the path and each oh. level is like uh a boggle board where you have uh a number of goals you're trying to meet and the goals are like you score a certain number of points or kill a bat score if only is it find some authored boggle board or words. A randomized so board. i thought they were authored until i hit like tried the quick play mode which is like here's a randomly generated level and it was identical the experience was identical to playing the the main campaign huh. so i think like i i bet that they are authored to the extent that, like, they hit generate until they found one that seemed like about about right for this part of the game. Like Even for, when it was like find eight words about soup or whatever. Well, you can generate those. Well, okay. But yes, yeah, things like I mean, didn't so, find eight words about soup. <laughs> I'm having a hard time thinking of like more than four spoon. Slurp. Okay. 88, 88 lines about 44 soups. 44 soups. <laughs> 50 ways to 
<laughs> serve soup to your lover. <laughs> um, nope. It didn't have a single joke about that. <laughs> I've got 99 soups. Serve it in a bowl, Joel. <laughs> um, uh, um, but no men's names rhyme with spoon. Spoon, yeah. <laughs> Room, um, like, yeah. Don't yeah. spill it on her skirt, Bert. I there's break up some crackers, Jackers. Don't, don't, don't. Uh, let's see. Don't think you can get away with chili, Billy. Because <laughs> that doesn't count as soup. <laughs> So, so <laughs> the Super Tasters theme song doesn't have lyrics, but maybe it should. Yeah, wow. Um, there's no man's name that rhymes with bisque. <laughs> Vichyssois. Gazpacho. <laughs> Benoit, Benoit. Give her some Vichyssois, Benoit. That's just um, using two French words. <laughs> you can have two French words. Yeah, two French sentence. words that rhyme count as a rhyme. Uh, fine. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> so you think they were randomly generated, even the ones that were like come up with eight words about soup? Yeah, I do. Huh. They they don't feel authored to me anyway. Um, but I, I'm still playing it because you know it's moderately satisfying to find words in a. Grid. In a soup. Yeah, in a soup of letters. You know, they make that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for alphabet soup ramen. Huh. Oh, so it'd be like cursive. <laughs> Just all one. Right, so millennials wouldn't understand it. I mean, I it... Regular ramen is just sort of like Batman. My alphabet, sir. That was a pretty, that was a pretty inoffensive Family Guy joke when Peter says his alphabets are talking to him. They're saying ooh. Okay. His wife says Peter. Those are Cheerios. No, that's not bad. It's pretty good because it's like the ghost. You know, it's like a spooky. If you wanted to to be charitable, it could be mmm instead of mmm. Okay, yeah, that's easier to say too. Like I feel like a sustained mmm is way is just more recognizable as an mmm halfway through than a sustainable mmm. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes a person who goes around saying mmm. Let's get some mmm tone. <laughs> uh, and I played. Um, what did I play? I played Skyward Journey, which is uh, a game. Did you have a sword on this journey? But, no, sadly. Okay. You should uh, raise your son to refer to his grandmother, at, you know, because like some sometimes it's Nana, sometimes uh-huh. it's Grandma. <laughs> she yours should just be. Mm. <laughs> hmm. Okay, I'll I'll ask both grandmas which who who would prefer this name. Which one wants to be mm, <laughs> and which one, which wants, one to wants to be, be mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's like it's the M in grandma. No, oh, I get it. Yeah, or, or grandma nanners. Oh, weird. So if you if your if your mother is 
mama, which starts at the front of your mouth with the, with the lips. And your grandmother is nana, which is like just behind that on the hard palate. Then how far back in your lineage is Gaga? Because <laughs> she must be a really old ancestor. Or if, if it's, you're going up the alphabet, it's Wawa. Wawa. Well, that's where you go to get coffee. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you're in Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, water is pretty old. Sure. Skyward Journey. Yeah, sorry. So this is um, a game by, I think it's pronounced Dan Voigt, the guy who made... The Voigt Conf Test. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sadly, no. Um, what was it called? It was called Data Wing, which was the the time attack racing game where you you are flying your your vector art like data ship around a around a racetrack. It, it was a really good arcade ish game. Okay. Um, totally free, no ads, no microtransactions. So I think like my hypothesis is that this guy. Um, he worked at half brick and then he worked at he like a, a, a all the like the top half brick people quit to form the top half, <laughs> the top half of half brick, top half brick, bottom half timbered. That's the, the you're not supposed to do it that way. Yeah. Uh, to, to form this other game company and they made land sliders. Oh yeah. Um, and I think this guy then broke off from that and I'm presuming he's just independently wealthy now cause he's making free games. Okay. But ad supported? Nope. Totally free. Uh, totally free. No money. Maybe this is some sort of plot. A plot to make you feel good about your regrets? Well, like maybe if you just get enough free games out there, you make up for your lost profits in volume. Okay, sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask him about it at GDC. Okay. Um, And this is a game where you draw wind patterns to make birds fly over people and then the people release more birds and sometimes the people are really big and they they need a lot of birds to fly over them before they release birds but then they release a lot of birds and I, it's too slow a hard to time be to an interesting what puzzle you're doing here <laughs> the, so there's there's birds with like a minimal flocking mechanic flying over the screen. Okay. And you can draw like a gust of wind with your finger. Yeah. And the, that makes the birds fly in the, that direction. Okay. And when they fly over a dude. A person? A the, human person? It looks like a human, but it's, it's a stylized person. From the top? It's, it's top down, yeah. Okay, so it's just kind of like an oval. A couple uh, of ovals. I mean, it's, it's sort, sort, sort of a, like a... It's, so it's like... It's a weird, like, half perspective where, like, you're seeing the birds from top down, but the people from, like, a three-quarter view. Okay. Which is, you know, fairly common in 2D sprite art to have, like, just differing, conflicting perspectives. Sure. Um, but you can, yeah, you can, you can recognize them as, like, cartoon people, like Hanna-Barbera dudes, you know. Okay. And, and then you have to have completely flocked over them? You, you flock, a, well, for, for small people, you fly a few birds over them. Okay. Uh, and then they release their birds. For the big fat people, you fly a whole bunch of birds over them, maybe re maybe repeatedly. Is this a like? Are you threatening them? Uh, yeah, maybe maybe it's the bird poop. Okay. Maybe you're covering them. 
Um, I don't know. I think it's supposed to maybe represent like the birds are supposed to represent calm and joy and you're releasing, making them release their own joy into the world. Okay. Um, and then when you finish the level, which is just, you've got enough birds in your flock. Um, it shows you a list of regrets collected from the internet. Huh? Uh, and after a while, you start unlocking like super regrets, which are taken from this article that I read like eight years ago called uh, Top 10 Regrets of the Dying, where a hospice nurse interviewed uh, her patients about things that they wish they had done differently in their lives. Jeez, that's a real upper. <laughs> uh, it, 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 for, for me, it was very like affirming because I was already not going to have all those regrets. So I was like, mm. fist bump, fist pump rather. I'm, I'm going to not regret these things. But then it made, just made me want to ha- see like the next 10 because then I could check for those too. Um, so this game, I, there's not really much more to it than what I've described. Like, and I don't think it really adds up to much. Like, I think it's trying to be like a, a relaxing activity. But like for someone like me who's been playing video games for 30 years, like a relaxing activity is running around at full speed and destroying skeletons with a mace. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe I'm not the target audience for this. Okay. But uh, Skyward Journey, you can you can journey into the sky. And then there's like an unlock system, but... All it unlocked was more regrets. It, it's very strange. <laughs> um, and I played. Um, oh, I played some more Hitman. Uh, one of the things that I realized that I had been doing wrong for the past couple of weeks is I'd been playing Hitman very goal oriented, where I was trying to like achieve a certain. You know, they they ha- they have a, a collection of challenges that that they. Offer to you as things you can do in the game. And if I were to, were like failing to get the one I was going for, I would load my game. And one thing I remembered is that like this game is actually way more fun when things go wrong. Things go wrong and you're like desperately trying to, uh, to course correct. And things are more fun when you barely kill your targets and, and escape. And so I've been doing that and it's a, it's a, I, I really enjoy the way the systems bounce off each other in that game. It's very cool. Don't have much more to say about it than that, though. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember from Hitman One or from the you know the most recent Hitman before this one, I guess. Um, I, I know there are a bunch of systems in play, but it always seemed like there was a straightforward way for the systems to work together i guess i'm what what is an example of like systems colliding in a way that's interesting or unusual um uh, things like you know can can i run around the corner with people are chasing me and And knock somebody out and swap clothes with them before they see me things like that okay sure yeah um but then they see the bodies you have to hide the body well if they see the body it's not actually that 
Because so like even if the person you knock out saw you while you were knocking them out, right. they saw you in your old clothes. And so it'll be like, oh, yeah, it's a guy wearing these other clothes, not the ones he took from me. Like they don't make the connection that like there's a naked guy here. So maybe this guy's wearing the, the those clothes now. Huh. I saw a uh, an interview with uh, a former CIA operative who was like in charge of disguises and re- research on disguises. And uh, she talked about changing appearance a bunch. And it was almost always an additive thing. Like you could make yourself taller or you could make yourself fatter or older, but you could very rarely sort of re- remove you were features. Yeah. Um, sure. You could. Could you make yourself a baller? Sure. Uh, but there was also the the notion of changing your outfit on the move. And there was just a sort of, while she was explaining it, there was a person who went from like a business suit to a sort of casual uh, like hoodie and baseball cap style situation uh, in the matter of like 15 seconds, just sort of while they were walking. Yeah. Which was really interesting. That's a, that's a good trick. Yeah. But that's, that wasn't like stealing the hoodie from the person that you beat up. But it was, it was an interesting sort of, if you, if you were being followed, you could potentially change. You can plan this out in advance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which yeah, was I want an invertible like sport coat on <laughs> hoodie on the ins- inside, like yep. just flip it around. Yeah, and then you start doing stuff like making yourself look taller all the time, so that the odd occasion that you want to make yourself oh, yeah. look shorter it becomes possible. Oh yeah, no one will look, no one think that thinks that's possible, so they won't be looking for yeah, it. Yeah, there's no bigger gym theory, but there would be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the ham can was the right. was the offshoot theory that yeah. I was trying to think of the name of. What have you been playing, Riff? Uh, I played a, a kind of a crazy amount of uh, Graveyard Keeper. I like blew my entire oh, yeah? Sunday playing that. It's uh, I've been intrigued by it, but yeah, it's, it's definitely felt intriguing. Like I had the time. It, it doesn't seem to have. Well, let me start at the beginning. It's it's basically um, it's like a Harvest Moon or Stardew Valley kind of thing, except you are. Uh, the back the graveyard keeper. Yeah, you're you're a graveyard keeper in this weird little medieval town. That the 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 weird little backstory is that you're a guy in like the modern world who gets hit by a car while looking at his phone, and then like some crazy spirit, presumably the spirit of death, says, "Okay, well you're the graveyard keeper now," and your guy's like, "What?" And you just wake up in this medieval village and all the villagers recognize you as being the new graveyard keeper. So I guess that's your job now. I guess that's this is your life now. <laughs> and and I, I guess the ultimate goal of the game is to figure out how to there's like a magical stone monument at the at one corner of town that I guess if you could wake it up, you might be able to go back home. Is, is sort of the, the greater meta goal of the game. Uh, but uh, other than that, there's not a lot of backstory or anything that I've found so far. Like all the all the villagers are just either shopkeepers or like mini quest givers or for like progress to like ease you into progressions. Um, but the the systems are are pretty interesting. Um First, well, <laughs> the, the every 
every couple of days you get delivered a new corpse uh, which which you you ha- of course you have to bury it in the graveyard and and upkeeping the graveyard is one of the big systems of the game because you're in charge of both the graveyard and the church and so the the quality of your graveyard is what permits your church to expand and having a good church is one of the main ways you get like money because you do a sermon every sunday and it deter- and the quality of it determines how much how much money you get from the villagers but when you've been delivered this corpse, you take it into the, the your little morgue basement and throw it on the slab and you can do an autopsy on it. And, and the corpses are, like, I guess, randomly determined and thematically the idea is that this person had greater or fewer amounts of sins in their lifetime and regrets. So this guy will either ha- will have a number of white skulls and red skulls and the the white skulls determine how what the quality of that gr- guy's grave is going to be in your graveyard and the red skulls are essentially negative that they're like um they're spaces that you have to fill before you can before before you can account before you can claim the the points from the white skulls but anyway, this is backstory to the weird thing, which is that in performing the autopsy, you can like take out all of this guy's blood. And for some reason, that always changes a red skull to a white skull, because I guess some of the sins are concentrated in your blood <laughs> and things like that. And, and one of the first... Um, one of the first quests you're given, and it's it's apparently a long term quest because I haven't I haven't gotten anywhere near completing it yet. But you, if you you get note, you get told by the innkeeper that uh, if you can find either e- either get legitimately or a forgery of a meat inspector's stamp, then the innkeeper will buy meat from you. And he doesn't appear to question where this meat comes from. <laughs> oh my god! And the first time you do an autopsy, the the little tutorial character says, "All right, why don't you go ahead and yank a chunk of meat out of there?" And and like, uh, okay. And as soon as you do that, it gives you a bunch of recipes for burgers. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> And then, like later on, uh, I was I was working through the uh, the the book crafting and writing tech tree, and I was like, "All right, paper recipes. Okay, so I can either make paper out of bat wings, or I can make it out of human skin. Okay." <laughs> yeah, I was I was actually going to make that joke, but it yeah, kind of made it for me. Yeah, it, and apparently, as you get even further along, you can unlock alchemy, which and then like major organs like brain and heart can be broken down into alchemy ingredients, I guess. But I haven't I haven't figured out how to unlock that yet. How much of the game do you spend interacting with the systems and building a cool graveyard and and crafting items and stuff versus how much of it you spend wandering around? boring towns talking to people uh it is almost all crafting um there is some there is like traveling because like if you 
if you want to go, but uh, the only source I know for cheese is a particular shopkeeper. So you do have to once in a while walk into town and, and go buy some cheese or whatever. But for the most part, you are, you are either directly doing crafting or you are out harvesting materials for crafting. And, and there is, there is a lot of these systems going, like there's a lot of stuff you can do in this to the point where, I was, I kind of felt overloaded and unable to focus on any particular goal because there were so many different things I could be doing. Like I could be focusing on stonework to make the graves nicer, or I could be focusing on gardening so that I can get cabbages to make better sandwiches so that I'll have more energy to do more stuff during the day. Or I could be working on, you know, like working on, uh, 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 unlocking the next rank of carpentry, which r will allow me to build a circular saw so that I can make these nicer kind of planks that I need to unblock this caved-in corridor in the basement that will give me a shorter pathway between my house and the morgue. <laughs> or I could be doing, you know, it just, there's so many different things. And they're, they're all, they all seem like legit pathways to progress, but they're all like next to each other instead of one following from the previous one. So it, it's, it's kind of a lot, uh, but it was all real satisfying. Like I, I burned like 10 hours on, on Sunday, just playing this just because it, it's just a constant flow of doing stuff. Uh, Riff, why do you grow your own cabbage when you can just get it from the stomach of the guy who died <laughs> who just ate some cabbage? Well, that's that's going to be rare, right? You you can't you can't uh, y you don't know when that guy's going to turn up, <laughs> right? You don't know true. when that guy's going to no, turn no, no, up. Cabbage, not turn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, the the way the rate at which it it introdu it introduces all these systems to you fairly well, like. Like uh, the the way you get corpses is this donkey comes comes by with a cart with a corpse on it once in a while, uh, but the donkey is a communist, and eventually he's a, he he once you've gotten to a certain point, uh, uh, maintaining everything, he's like, oh, I see, you're obviously in this for the money. You're not my comrade anymore. If you want any more corpses, you're gonna have to trade me carrots for them. So at that point, all right, now you've got to start a garden if you want any more corpses. So is the donkey being a communist? Is that a joke about the symbol of the GOP being a donkey? You know, that's a good question. I have no the idea. GOP is the elephant. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah Democra Democrats are the donkey. Oh, yeah, you're but, right. But still, yeah. point point it could, remains. It could be either way. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it it, it, it it would be it would be funnier if it were inverted. They they haven't uh, they haven't made that explicit yet, so I have no idea. Maybe maybe right. uh, maybe when you win, you wake up and get like a a, a, a um, Wizard of Oz ending cutscene where it turns out the donkey was your Bernie bro neighbor the whole time or. <laughs> Uh, have you played anything else? Uh, the only other thing that comes to mind offhand is I found a new sort of, uh, like pencil and paper puzzle that I'm kind of into. Um, it's, uh, I don't know if it has another name. It's called Cave. Um, I found it through, uh, Mike Selinker did a new edition of his 
puzzle craft book, which had a few, few new sections in it. And that introduced me to this. And I found like, there's like one book of them on Amazon, which is called Colossal Cave Collection by Roger Barkin. Um, and it's, it's a, um, it's a binary logic puzzle, sort of like uh, Nurikabe. Uh, where you've got like a grid, uh, a square grid, and some of the spaces have numbers in them. And the um, the goal is to um, determine which squares are white and which are black, uh, where the numbers indicate how many squares horizontally and vertically, including itself, that that square can see. And they all have to, all the white squares are contiguous. So the, the final thing is like, basically shaped like a cave where you have like this empty space and then the black squares all have to um all have to chain together to reach the uh the edge so those are like the cave walls and it's 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 sort of like nurakabe crossed with i think it's called akari the one that's where you have to place light bulbs down to to illuminate all of the white squares without any of uh, the... yeah i downloaded an akari app the other there was there was like a maybe a, like a meta filter post about it or whatever that that went to as an online solvable one and i looked to see if there was an app and there is a very bad one mm -hmm. um yeah that's a that's another um i think that's another nikolai uh one uh but yeah, it's, it's, uh, cave is pretty good. It's, it's kind of, I, I think I still prefer Nurikabe just cause Nurikabe has a really nice, uh, flow to it where it's like this, this square is white. So this one is white. So this one is black. So this one is black. And it just sort of spreads across the page as you solve it. Whereas this one is much more, uh, hunt and peck, just sort of like this square over here has to be white. And also this square over here has to be white. And eventually you get, enough of those that everything locks together and you can fill in the rest of them. Um, Do you think that would change, feel more like a flow if you, when, when you get better at it? Possibly. Uh, it is kind of hard. It's, it, it's, uh, it's been tricky to wrap my head around a little bit. So like starting, uh, starting a, a fresh puzzle is a lot of like, like you get down like, four or six squares that you know are white or know are black and then you end up staring at it for a while <laughs> and right. it, it takes it takes a while to unlock that uh that uh, uh critical amount that you need where everything starts to fall into place but yeah it's uh it's pretty good i think I, but yeah i still prefer nurikabe and picross but it is if you want if you want a new one you uh you uh can't do, can't do, uh, uh, you could do worse. I you guess. could do worse. Yeah, I guess that's what uh, I'm looking for. Riff, would you like to, uh, explain something British to our listeners? Oh, sure. What would you like me to explain? Always happy to, uh, that. It's a riff session. Kids call it a riff session. Time for a riff session. We're on the playground, a riff session. When Riff has something to say, put 30 seconds on the clock and make way for the Riff Session. It's a Riff Session. It's Riff Boxing Day. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, let's see. Boxing Day, which is uh, November 15th, 
is the day where we were, well, I, <laughs> I say we, I'm, I'm only, uh, I'm only, uh, uh, historically English by way of heritage. Um, <laughs> Boxing Day is November 15th, where, which is when my ancestors, uh, would have, uh, celebrated the, uh, the capture and hanging of Guy Fox, uh, by beating each other up in the street. I think I have an ancestral memory of doing that. See? Yeah, probably so. Because if you, if your ancestors get hit in the head a lot, then that reverberates down the, the genetic timeline and you, you know, cements that in your DNA for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. That Lamarckian mm-hmm. uh, head injury. Exactly. Right. Well, thanks, Riff. Sure. Uh, shall we talk about our assignment? Black Room. Let's. Um, this game made Jim, me sleepy. You... Did it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the game is like, I think the tagline is like a game about sleeping. falling asleep on the internet is what it said. Right. So, um, so it did, I, it did feel very dreamlike to me. I, I don't want to relitigate the definition of a game, uh, because I don't think it's interesting or valuable to, to, do so but if i were recommending this to someone which i think there are people that i would recommend this to but i don't think that i would refer to it as a game sure when it, i told them it about feels it. more like something like jody.org i, I was the word say, i used is like collage yeah well, i don't know what jody.org is but i bet it's a website and i bet it's a website from like the 90s uh-huh. where it was just weird art yeah like it this thing reminded me a lot of what I considered to be a very great time on the internet when a webcage, a webpage could just no, not like that, that, that like styles had begun to ossify at that point. Right. Huh. But the, like just the time when a webpage could be anything. And often what it was, was Zombocom or yeah. like just a yeah. weird art thing sure and that's just what this is like it's yeah. it's a series of web pages that you click through all of which are just made available to you from the beginning like you can like the chapter unlock is just a, just there in the menu there's no state to it some of the some of the things have like basic interactions where you can like move a character around on the screen it's like i mean i guess that's a game uh, yeah, there was definitely there were definitely game like sections, but there weren't goals to them, and there weren't. There was the one where it was like escape this area. Yeah, yeah I did. So I there was one where it said if you you'll, thing. you'll know the end. Yeah, every, but the main progression through it is just find the hidden object on on this series of web pages, which is which never you do really by re- a puzzle. Yeah, you have it's to just find a task the task. You, you have to find you have to or you have to read the the sort of memory section. And then it slowly appears somewhere. So it's not available yeah. at the start. Of the, no, it often is. The loading thing? It shouldn't yeah. be. It's a, it, it's supposed to appear after you get after you get the um, the sort of like underwater section huh. where there's the little memory snippet. I, there were a lot of those that I did not get. Oh. Um, there's uh, almost every asset in the game is just like a ripped sprite from some old yeah. video game. Um, all I think the characters are women. Right, I think that's the main reason that this is considered to be like in the game idiom is that it uses art from like classical video games. Um, there's a lot of... There's a lot of authored 
pages of of a specific category, which is just you are moving a little like an eye around yeah, a large, I, very there, slowly around a large flat. Plane was there ever anything interactive about no, those? No, there wasn't, the, and, it, the and it was all pretty undifferentiated. There was not any reason to explore it. There were then some doors on the side that you could click that would cause your little eye thing to dissolve, and you could go to oh. a single it was always a single page it took me a long time to realize that this thing was like fully fully proc gen where it just took a background from an old adventure game and then took a bunch of sprites with animations that you could trigger by clicking on the sprites and just randomly placed them on the screen is that the one um, that would then have like sound effects when you would click on them and stuff yeah that was one of them there was another one yeah, that, that would do this weird blink uh vignette thing every few seconds oh yeah uh, that, i got that, that overlaid one. it with static that reminded me a lot of when i played uh the putt putt game Games, which a lot of which were just like uh here's a thing you can click on that'll do a cute animation and, yeah. and that's entertaining enough if you're if you're playing an adventure game and that's your only source of entertainment uh there's also a like some mazes that are maybe also proc gen um the are you talking about the like sierra yeah things yeah so you're you're a character that's at at the scale of roughly the scale of like a character from a, an old Sierra game, walking around backgrounds that are just ripped directly from mostly Sierra games, uh, some of which I recognize immediately. I was like, oh wow! And so yeah, like, that was it, neat seeing that. It, so like for me, a lot of this felt like the I word I used the word collage because it was like going through a box of memories, cutting out pictures and sort of pasting them together. And then having a little bit of narrative, sort of weird, like a dream journal that you then paste into that as well, right? Like, it, I, I felt like there was some sort of progression with those little sort of dream bits, but it was so abstract as to be like, basically impossible to, to like follow in a meaningful way. Um, I felt that about the whole game. Yeah. I, so I didn't come to anything that looked like an ending. I it definitely felt, has an yeah, ending. Yeah, it definitely. It like, has, it straight okay. up ends and there's a credits page. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I got to the point where, like, I've... Like, sometimes you click and you find a thing on the side that's not very interesting, but mostly what I was doing for, like, 20 minutes was resizing, resizing the window to find a pink thing. Yeah. And it would just... It, there are, the last, like, dozen of the levels are so similar that I began to worry that it was just infinitely procedurally generated this. Right. Except uh, for the fact that there was like new bespoke content yeah, on every single one of yeah. them. Like, so, like there were elements that were always labeled that would go to some thing. And then the, and then there's the, that sort of like the page that was always the same art, which is sort of look like you being underwater looking at a scene. Yeah. Uh, and that was the part. And I think I, I, my impression was that that was the once you triggered that was the thing that triggered the existence of the pink thing back in the main. I think there space. were a couple of rooms that were like that. There were a couple of rooms where I couldn't find it until then. But then I, I, I by the by the last like five or six of those rooms, I was not really reading anything anymore. It was like it, I because I was trying to figure out if it was proc gen or not, right. and so I didn't trust that anything was going to be new. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of cool things where it's like, you just click on something and it would just do a Google image search for paradise yeah. or whatever. And those were really, I thought that was, I thought that the was funny. Paradise one was the most unusual because I like, you know what they're going for, but then because the paradise fire had just happened, 
the first couple of pages were all about like a burned out fire escape. And I was like, shit, that was like, that's super unintentional. The the cult, the the definition of word changes. Yeah. You know, the concept of paradise is different now. (laughs) Sure. Um, A lot of them were flowers. Uh, A lot of times there'd be just like a movie of like waves crashing on a beach or, or whatever. This is your, you can leave this up or you can, you can come back to this whenever you want. Like it was, it was a bunch of like really relaxing things that sort of like almost gifts to the player. Or the viewer, I guess, depending on the, um, how you wanted to interact with it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to actually have that argument. Yeah, it, it's just it's not valuable. I just it just occurred to me that I wouldn't describe it as a game if I were talking to somebody about sure, it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I like this a lot. Thank you for thank you for bringing this. Cool. I, I'm sorry that you didn't like it. Yeah, that you know maybe uh, maybe I'll like the next one. Maybe. What is the next one? Kevin, what is the next one? The next one. Our our next assignment, as it were. Yeah. Uh, Our next assignment is uh, The First Tree. It is an adventure game. Is it? I don't know. I honestly don't know anything about it. Uh, It was another one of those games that came up on a couple of, like, best games of the year lists and looked pretty. And so I was like, let's do that. What uh, system is it for? Uh, It's PS4, Switch. And Steam, I think. Okay. So it's it's got a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, it's. I think you play as a fox. So. Like a Boxing Day fox. Yes, a Boxing Day. <laughs> fantastic, Mister Box. Is there anything else that we're supposed to talk about? Uh, I mean, we could talk about Epic. We could talk about. <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's do the news section. Yeah, it's time you, for you emails. Could, you could talk about how you won Spelunky. That's something you wanted to do. I did already. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Epic is opening a Steam competitor. Whatever. It's, it's, <laughs> you don't care. It's, it's it's good to see more competitors to Steam. I guess if there if if any of them had ever amounted to anything, it's um. Indie indie developers, some indie developers, except notable exception Kevin Simmons of Asymmetric Publications, <laughs> uh, were got real grouchy about Steam's announcement the other day that they're lowering their cut of games that make like more than ten million dollars. That, that's I feel like that's a bad look. It, it does seem yeah. kind of backwards. Well, yeah. it, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't at all. Yeah. Well, it doesn't because like the the purpose of the move is to dissuade uh the, the competing publishers from opening their own version of steam yeah right which they're all uh, okay. doing right and that doesn't benefit anybody right well and it's it benefits well it, it benefits, benefits them because the then competition they don't have to give the 30% benefits everybody or so capitalism says except well, it doesn't right like <sighs> i don't i don't want there to be 10 storefronts that we have to publish our games on in order to maximize to make like 75 percent of what you used to make on steam market penetration yeah right like Like, that's the problem it's it is such a pain in the ass to manage a bunch of different storefronts and if they're all going to have an equal number of shoppers then you just kind of have to be on all of them to to be competitive and it's just it just seems awful if if they all have margins like epics 12 percent then someone could take 18% 18% to manage all the storefronts for you. Sure. I bet they wouldn't do 
the job of it that you would want them to. Yeah. I mean, publishers yeah. typically take 30% and they're the ones that do that stuff normally. So yeah. like, it, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, the fact that a lot of people, a lot of games have publishers, most, most games have publishers probably because most people can't make a game, a commercially viable game because they don't they have the money, they don't to, have the money to, do to start it. Yeah. And then the publishers dealt with all of this stuff. Like, it's it's a hassle. Yeah, but uh, I didn't get a publisher for Glitter Mitten Grove because they would manage the Steam for Steam storefront for me. Sure. Like if that was the only service they provided, I would not have. Given... Well, arguably they're also dealing with the promotion and the and that kind of stuff, right? Um, there wasn't no the they gave me money up front, and that's why I sure gave them a cut of the game sales. That was that was like what I got. Like, ostensibly there was some promotion as part of the package, but I didn't really give a shit about that. Like, huh. I think they ended up showing the trailer that we made on Cartoon Network. Uh, for all the good that did, given that it was a trailer that was supposed to look like it was a, uh, it was just the the right, yeah. The there's sort of two different two different issues that we're talking about the the cut thing like i think uh, there were a lot of people who were just very people who made games that didn't sell very well and to whom that cut would have been a pretty big difference right if it, like and i don't know i don't i don't these people aren't arguing in bad faith and they're not wrong about you know i mean feelings can't be wrong but that's the thing Brenda. it's just it's just feelings right? yeah and it's because like i don't know that i believe so imagine a developer who sells just enough copies of his game that if steam only took 15 percent instead of 30 percent, he would be able to afford to make another video game i don't know that i believe that that person exists like i think it's a very easy it's a very easy idea to pitch and say that, you know, th that cut is preventing people from, you know, making some weird art game that could really change the world. But I don't actually agree that it is like if that cut is it, the amount of money that you're talking about in that situation is so low. I think there are very few game developers who are, barely getting by on their on their game sales right i think they're either making almost nothing or they're making millions of dollars yeah yeah that that is also what i think and the like there is a middle class but there's not a ton of stuff in it. I, not anymore like I and mean, there there barely is now like i so it's like david Pittman's talked about how like eldritch was a minor success um, and it funded his next, minor key success, so to speak. Um, and that it funded his next two games and his next two games sold nothing. And like that minor success was, I think, a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, but even, and like, even like, low millions of dollars is not enough to, to, to fund another couple games for any reasonably sized studio. Right. Yeah. But there are, there is occasionally like a one man shop that will make a couple of million dollars on one game. I think Duck Game did that well, for example. Duck Game? Yeah, it's a um 
four it's one of those four player uh same screen competitive multiplayer arena games huh i don't see how it could have made millions of dollars without me ever having heard of it ducks in it Mm. yeah it's it, it just feels yeah i don't know like it never occurred to me that steam wasn't worth the cut that they take because there is no fucking way we would have sold even 500 copies of our game if we were selling it on our own website like it we i think we would have sold a couple thousand we would have sold a couple thousand copies of it but it would not have had the chance to be successful if not for the tremendous value that steam brings to the proposition by virtue of existing and that's we, that's the thing that they're like but they're not doing anything they're not showing anyone my game the reason they're not showing it to anyone is because when they show it to people they don't buy it like that is the only reason that steam is ever not going to show your game to people is because it doesn't work when they show it to people there is a there is this super frustrating fact on steam though it's like if if you can get a bunch of people to buy your game, they will show your game to a bunch more people, which means that more people will buy your game, right? So, like, there's right. there's this snowball effect that you can have. And being a property that had an existing audience definitely helped right. get that snowball going. And, I mean, I recognize that we can't be objective yeah. about this. But, like, I don't know. Having having been... Having been at, a, like, a roundtable where some Steam people were talking to a bunch of indie developers... You know, in that room, some of the people who are the most pissed about this cut thing, it's like, well, we want Steam to curate better. And then it's like, well, there's, there are curators that no one pays attention to. Like, yeah, (laughs) they they, they kind of, yeah, that's true. They, they set up that whole user curation thing. So curation is you find a guy that shares the same sort of pins as games as you and follow that guy right and it seems i mean it's all i don't know anybody that uses it yeah the complaints are all from people who like have games that they were hoping would make a lot of money on steam that then didn't make a lot of money and they're mad at steam right because of it and it's so hard for me to conceive of any way in which that is steam's fault or that there's anything they could do about it because i think that if steam showed their game to a bunch more people a bunch more people would probably buy it right so like i don't think they're wrong in that feeling sure but but steam is not wrong for for not showing that game to people if there are things if, other things that they would be more likely to buy. Right. Or or if all the previous times that they have shown that game to people didn't result in anything. Sure. I, I'm I, like I, I'm just saying I can see both sides of this yeah, argument, yeah. right? Like, like sure. what it but, means but is that there is no there is no objectively per ideal store, right? Because there's what you want is a is is a variety of spaces, some of which are massively curated and some of which aren't. Sure. And I mean, what Jeff wants is a bunch of people to buy Jeff's game so that Jeff can afford to make more games, right? right? I mean, and that's like if You're Steam about is Jeff Minter, yes, if Steam is not providing that, like if Steam is not showing enough people the next uh, uh, Llamasoft Tempest clone, right. uh, then the thing that I like, I went into that meeting agreeing with the angry indie devs, and I came out of it like 
totally on Drink, steam drinking the kool-aid <laughs> well just because th their answers were totally honest and was this recent yeah. yeah this was something that you did like since they announced mm -hmm. the okay well not since not they since they announced it uh although i like i feel like it was known yeah. at that point but yeah, like alan hazelden brought up like hey i you should lower the cut that you take for the first like x dollars of a game sales which i actually totally agree with yeah i feel like yeah. that would be I, I that like if they had announced that at the same time as yes. this no one would have been pissed at them it but it but that's just the thing that just costs them money so you have to convince them this is going to make you more the, money in the yeah, long run and i do think i i do think that would be true too because i think it would it would allow people to have more money to potentially like the person that you don't think really exists there's there's probably a, you know a handful of people for whom that would actually be the make or break situation and they would have a chance to make a second game. And because they learned a bunch of making that first game, they would make a really cool second game that they never now in the current system would ever get a chance to make. And that game does, does really well. And people, a bunch of people buy it and everybody makes more money. And I guess to me, right? like, like if you, the difference between a 30% steam cut and a 15% steam cut on a game that sells 500 copies is not enough money to meaningfully affect mm -hmm. the world at all. Well, what if like, the game costs a thousand dollars? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> but it's like that that's the thing. It's right right it's like you the people who the situations that you want this applied to are the situations where it would basically achieve nothing. There but there there are a bunch of people who are living very frugally in order to make games and it's just them or two or three people working yeah, in Yeah, the, the situation is probably different in other countries. That's also true. Yeah. Also, like, I don't know why I, I said, like, game developers are either making almost nothing or millions of dollars because I'm barely making, I'm barely getting by. So there's that. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, 15% more money wouldn't be a huge deal. Right. I mean, that's that's the... But what if it was 100%? What if it was all of the money? Uh, so it's 30%. I, wait. If I have all the money... Yeah. If you, does, does money exist as a concept anymore? <laughs> hey, Jim, can I borrow 10% of your all of the money? <laughs> yeah, okay. If at that point, like, I think money can start doing work again. <laughs> well, but you, but then how would you buy, like, if you, you'd go to the store they wouldn't and buy change. some potato chips and that would be the only money they had. Yeah, right? that's true. Right. And then so, I'd have so to, I'd have to pay, for, I'd have to pay for them with exact change. <laughs> the, this is actually, this is one of those like, uh, genie wishes that goes awry. It's when you wish for yeah, all the money, I had then, all the money in the world. Then suddenly like the butcher shop doesn't have any meat anymore because they couldn't afford to maintain stock yeah. because you have all the money. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> That'd be kind of a cool, uh, RPG conceit where you start with all of the money and then you just have to mm. go Hide a lot of it in dungeons. You call it, call it Brewster's <laughs> Millions, the RPG. Uh, gentlemen. Gentlemen. It's time yes? For, it's time for emails. I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 353 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we'll answer some emails right now. I didn't bring any emails. I didn't either. Nor listeners, I hope you bring some emails. <laughs> and if you do... It's too bad no one emails still won't us. read them. It's... Cockaboobobalaya. Good night. Good night. Have a great week, everybody.
We never give out our like personal oh, content yeah. info. We never give out any way to contact us on the podcast. We or, don't, there's not an ending to the show. Is the or a like a Patreon like address? Patreon. Yeah. We we are so bad at self promotion. It's ridiculous. And how how are people still even listening to this? They don't even. How do they find the next episode? We don't tell them where to find the next episode in each episode. <laughs>